Welcome to episode 25 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton, and joining me as he does every week is Woody V. Woods, how are you, bro? Great, Robbie. Good to be here, man. How's things, how's things with you? Going good, mate. Always glad to be back. Um, we've sort of done it a bit of a, a day earlier today because we were so excited to do this week's show, right? So For sure. No, For exactly. sure. Exactly. So, all right, just before we sort of get into it, just a reminder, as always, where to find us. Um, you can watch our video on YouTube and also where all podcasts are found. Um, please make sure you rate, like, and subscribe. And that's we always sort of ask for there. So thank you. All right. So I guess, yeah, today's show. So we'll be talking about the NBA. We'll also be doing a bit of NBL talk. Of course, we'll be opening up another classic pack, which I know Woody's very excited about. What do you got there, Woods? Ooh, we got the Fleer Ultra 94 95. Nice, yeah. Nice. Mate, if that pack is half as good as last week's pack that we pulled with that, that Matt Clayton bloke that came on, um, I'll be pretty impressed because that pack was. Whew, might be Definitely the best some yet. Of the cards in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, we did well there. It was fun sort of pulling some of those it was. last week. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, Woods. Well, as we sort of do each week, we'll start with showcasing our jersey. So, why don't you take us away, mate? Sure. I thought it'd be fitting to wear this jersey today. So, I'm just going to stand up, Robbie, and you can take the audience through sure, the jersey I'm wearing. Yeah, so Woody's standing up wearing the very old school number 32 Carl Mailman Malone jersey. I like that one. It's um, that's the road jersey, obviously there, Woods. It's the road jersey they were wearing back then. Um, I like that. Does that have a year down the front of it? You know, some of those will say like that's got that little tag. It'll say, I know I put you on the spot there, but I know some of them sort of say that. But that's no, this be, one doesn't. This one doesn't have the year on it actually. It's like a late eighties era or something, right? I think that maybe one, even early nineties. Yeah, it could be like that. Nice, I like it, man. And why why is Carl Malone been in the news lately? Because um, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sundays now. No, <laughs> Yeah, um, obviously, yeah, the scoring, yeah. the scoring thing this week, yeah. Yeah, with LeBron taking him, uh, taking over him on the all-time, all-time list, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So I mean, the mailman, you know, he's widely considered as one of the best, if not the best, power forward of all time. Robbie, um, two-time NBA's most valuable player in '97 and '99, fourteen-time NBA All-Star, uh, two-time NBA All-Star Game MVP, eleven-time uh, All-NBA First Teamer. Uh, three times NBA All-Defensive first team, which is interesting, right? Um, and his uh, number 32 is, is retired by the Utah Jazz. And we talk about the great duos of all time, right? You think of Stockton and Malone, man. Amazing, right? Those two in the service they gave. You, the there, Woods. you just read out all of his accolades there. Amazing. Even probably better than I remembered. Why is he not sort of mentioned among the game's elites with some of those sort of accolades he's got? Any idea? Look, I mean, maybe playing in a smaller market in Utah has something to do with it. Um, we, we spoke about Moses Malone a few weeks ago, also not being put into that into that bracket. Um, yeah. I wonder if he'd won a title, whether he just would have been looked at all that differently, which we know with guys like Barkley, you know, Dominic, some of these stars that have played that never won titles. I think it's a bit harsh, to be honest, with how sort of you know how, how much team success he had without going all the way. Yeah, and he was on that 50th and the 75th anniversary teams, as we know. Um, but you know, a guy who's just just all about business, you know. The mailman actually always delivered on any day, right? <laughs> and um, I mean, he had muscles on muscles growing on muscles as well, right? Yeah, and you know, just shoot, shoot that medium range jump shot, get rebounds, get to the rack, score. You know, just going about his business like 
almost like the Mr. Fundamental Tim Duncan style of game a little bit, right? So when, you, when you're not that flashy and, and things like that, maybe that's why you get slept on a little bit, right? So, he, had his, yeah. he had his dunk route sort of you know, put his hand and do that sort of one. Yep, that was his yep. kind of trademark dunk. Yep. Now, I'm liking that jersey of the woods. You don't see a lot of them in that sort of color combination as well going around. They, nah. Obviously, that green and yellow you can see on sort of the collar there, they actually had that as a bit of a, a uniform for a few years as well, didn't they? So they, they did, yeah. incorporated those colors there, so... No, very good, mate. I like that one. Um, I was going to say, before I sort of just had my little spiel about my jerseys, Woods, it's pretty ironic, actually. Who did we talk about last week that uh, that me and that me and Matt sort of rocked last week? Jamal Crawford, right? We made a comment, oh, yep. that, guy's, that guy's never going to retire. And what happened this week? He officially he retired. retired. So, <laughs> yeah, I just thought we'd mention that. It was one of those ones that, you know, we're sort of wondering if he would actually sort of go ahead and retire there. And, yeah, again, if you know, if you sort of haven't seen some of his highlights or read some of his accolades, do that. I was looking at a just a random YouTube video today with the fifty that he scored for Phoenix, you know, a couple of years ago. And just insane some of the shots he was hitting there and so smooth the way he does it. So yeah. yeah. Bon voyage and um happy trails for Jamal Crawford there, right? He's as we said, he's still gonna be hooping it up in some YMCA in Seattle, man, for sure. Right? Yeah. So yeah. All right, well, look, I'm doing the, the double today, Woods. You know, I like doing one of those. So today I thought I'd um, do the double of one of my absolute favorites in the league. You know, probably I'd say in my top three favorite players in the NBA. Um, and that, of course, is Zach Levine. So I guess, um, look, hanging, hanging today, and we sort of spoke before we started recording, Woods, that's a City Edition Zach Levine Chicago Bulls 2018 jersey. That is a random jersey, right? Have you seen a jersey like that? No, never. I mean, it doesn't even have a team logo symbol or anything like that. So I reckon sort of most NBA fans probably wouldn't even know who that, that team relates to. Um, do you know what the design's based on or anything, Woods? I, I didn't. I had to look it up. So not, not at all. You to. So basically that is the Chicago flag. So that sort of there is just the, 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 with the stars and that sort of light blue color is actually the Chicago flag there. So I thought that was quite interesting. As I said, the 2018 City Edition there. Not a lot of those going around, and I don't even remember where I got that one. To be honest, I think I might have ordered it from the from the Bull Store or something way back and, then. But. And to all our podcast listeners who can't see the jersey, it's just got a number eight and a few stars on it with the Nike exactly Nike right. logo, right? So exactly right. could be anything, you know. Yeah. Try and think yeah. of any other number eight, you know, and see if it's that. But yeah, it's a it's a strange one that one. So look, um, obviously I'm wearing a, another Zach Levine and a little bit of an older one. So I'll just show up and I'll stand up and show that one. Um, Woods just talk us uh, talking through what I'm wearing. Yeah, Robbie's wearing the Minnesota jersey from, I think, Zach Levine's rookie year or his second year. The nice blue jersey, number eight, obviously, with the Minnesota words and added ass. Yeah, the rookie jersey. There you go. Just telling the audience. Yeah. Um, that was actually one I got custom made, sort of the year that you know Zach Levine was a rookie. Um, and as you know, Woods, I'm quite happy with my prediction for that. I was telling anyone that wanted to listen in his rookie year, this guy is a gun and he's going to be an all-star. So it's nice to give myself a pat on the back um, sometimes because I guess a lot of people sort of weren't really expecting that. So look, a little bit about um, Zach Levine there. Normally I like to rep a jersey for someone that is retired, but in this case, you know, in, in Zach's um, sort of career so far, he's in his eighth season after getting drafted by Minnesota, pick 13 in the 2014 NBA draft. So certainly a veteran now. He was out of UCLA. Um, he was traded to the Bulls in 2017 in a package for Jimmy Butler. So I think it's safe to say that that's worked out pretty well for the Bulls, given what happened to, to Jimmy Butler and how he absolutely sabotaged his time in Minnesota there. So um, about Levine there, so currently a two-time um, NBA All-Star 
was also a member of the all-rookie team and a two-time dunk comp champ in 2015 and 2016. And, of course, he won the recent Olympic gold in Tokyo. So, you know, pretty sort of good resume he's building there. Um, interesting, Woods. I was looking at some of the players drafted ahead of him in that um, 2014 draft. How's this for a few names? Jabari Parker, Dante Exum. Ouch. Nick Skouskis, <laughs> Noah Vonley, Alfred Payton, Doug McDermott, and Dario Saric. Saric. They were all drafted ahead of Zach Levine that year. It's crazy, so, man. I wonder if some of those people in the front office with those teams are actually still holding a job there because potentially they couldn't be. I think, what are we talking, four of those guys aren't even in the NBA? Jabari Sauce now. Castillo. <laughs> yep, Sauce Castillo. I think he's an assistant coach or doing something now. Oh. Noah Vonley's out of there. Um you know, Saric has been injured, obviously. You know, Jabari Parker and Exum are gone. So, yeah, pretty pretty sort of crazy there. So, um, unfortunately, Woods, I don't have a Zach Levine bobblehead. So, I must apologize. But I do have something else I'm going to show today. A very random little thing. It's the only one of these I've got. It is an NBA Flathleet or Flatleet. So, basically, you can see this random looking thing here with the Minnesota body. And this strange sort of head on there. Can you see that all right, Woods? I can. Bring it this way a bit. Yeah. It's pretty random, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. Reminds us of the big head mode off NBA Jam. It's a little bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's probably the best I could do, but that's probably a little bit of a, maybe a prompt for myself to, to try and find a bobblehead for him there. So, all right, Woods, I like that. Something a bit different with the jerseys today. Definitely. A retired legend and a, and a current guy who may go on to be a legend. Like I love that. it, man. I love it. Nice. All right, so we're going to get straight into some NBA there, Woods. So I thought we might sort of start off today and maybe go over sort of three NBA storylines that we were sort of finding interesting at the moment. So first thing I wanted to chat with you about, um, we've got about three weeks remaining in the NBA regular season. Just wanted to see, Woods, do you think the top 10 in each conference is set? Could Washington or the Knicks potentially get there in the East? And could either of the Spurs, Blazers or Kings move up in the West? Yeah, wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. Well, let me start off with the East, right? You had Washington at 30 games in, in, the, in the 11th spot at the moment and our Atlanta Hawks in 10th at 36-36 after a, a good win today against New York. Um, I mean, that's a six-game difference there with, you know, 10 games left. So unless something catastrophic happened, I can't see anything changed in, in that Eastern Conference. Yeah. There is some jostling for positions, though. You know, you got um, Cleveland at 41 Toronto at 40, um, the Bulls at 42, even Boston at 45. So in terms of the seeding there, you know, there's still, you know, something to fight for. But the I think the 10 would be set in stone. Do you, do you disagree? I think it's looking pretty good. It was almost a bit of a double sort of points game, for want of a better word today, with that win against the Knicks. So, yep. yeah, what he mentioned, so we're recording on um, Wednesday, the 23rd of March. Um, Trey just absolutely tore up Madison Square Garden yet again today. Um, Loves playing there. Having such a great, great season, isn't he, Woods? We sort of were talking before we, we came on today. Um, it's going to be very touch and go to see if he makes that all-NBA team. Um, I'm going to probably chuck a temper tantrum if he doesn't this year because he absolutely deserves it. And he should yeah, be making it over guys like Donovan Mitchell. Compare the stats. Tell me I'm wrong. Um, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll save that because I'm a bit sort of, I'm a bit fired up about this whole thing that he may miss out with the season he's having. But um, I'm with yeah, you, man. I think, it's, I think they're probably looking pretty good in the 10th. Like you said, you know, Charlotte, Brooklyn, those sort of teams are, are pretty sort of close to them there. But yeah, I think they're looking pretty good for that. And, and what, what about the West there, Woods? In the Western Conference, I think there's a chance that we might see a little bit of a change in, in that 10th, 11th seed. You know, your New Orleans at 30 and 42. You got the Spurs at 28 and 44. So only two games back. I think with Portland, you know, they're on 27, but I think they might just fade away here. But the Spurs, 
they've got that mentality, that Popovich mentality. We want to try and make the top eight or well, the top ten now every year. And even last year, they just squeezed into that top ten, didn't they? So, exactly right. um, yeah. They've got some hungry guys on that team, I think, don't they? Guys like Keldon Johnson and, and your boy Murray and stuff like that. They'll keep playing till the very end. So, yeah, the Pelicans are an interesting one, aren't they? They're playing some some pretty random people at the moment. Um Obviously, you've got announced this week that Zion won't be coming back, which probably isn't a big surprise. But, you know, Brandon Ingram has missed a little bit of time lately as well. So, yeah, yeah I, I, don't, it's, I find it hard to get a read on the Pelicans, actually. They can sort of be good one week and, and not great the next. But So you think if the Spurs sort of got in there, who would they potentially replace there? In mate? fact, I'm going to say it. I think the Spurs are going to take over and take that 10th spot ahead of New Orleans, right, with Brandon Ingram up and... Is he playing at the moment? He's out at the moment. Yeah, yeah it's hard to sort of say. And if they... Obviously, if they're sort of... Who knows? Do, do do the Pelicans want to make the play? And it's hard to tell with some of these teams as well at this stage. They might just think, you know what, it's been a pretty bit of a disaster year. Getting, you know, a, one sort of game, of some extra ticket sales isn't worth it. Let's try and sit a few guys at the end and just try and move up a little bit in the draft potentially. Yep. But I guess we'll see what happens there. But uh, I like that, Woods. Um, well, I guess the second sort of thing I wanted to talk about this week and something probably everyone's noticed a little bit over the last few weeks is some of these big games, these big individual games we're getting from players. So yep. we've seen LeBron have quite a, a couple of them lately, actually. We've seen oh, Kyrie the other week. Um, so I wanted to see what your thoughts were on some of those, Woods. But I also wanted, um, if you could please talk me and some of the, the viewers and listeners that didn't see it, talk us through Sadiq Bay's 50-point game last week for the Pistons. What was that? I think Zach Lowe mentioned it on his podcast recently, the Low Post. They put Orlando and Detroit on the first day of March Madness as the only NBA game, right? Um, and he's like, I-, I don't mind. You know, at the end, he was hunting for that 50 points, even though it was the last possession and, you know, you normally dribble the clock out and they sent three guys, Orlando, to him and fouled him so he could get that 50 points. But, you know, in, in your career, you might not have that opportunity again, right? So if you've got it, why not take it in an insignificant game between two lowly teams? Um, and, you know, you mentioned to me offline, um, this could be one of those random 50-point games, right? But guys like Samuel D'Alembert, he had a 50-point game, didn't he, from memory? Um, or he had 46 or 50 yeah, or whatever. I sort of remember more, you know, the Andre Millers, the Willie Burtons, the... Um the sort of guys over the over the time sort of it normally seems to happen a little bit later in the season too doesn't it some guys that you know maybe you're not expecting um cory brewer cory brewer so that was a, a crazy one as well i think he was out of the league a year or two later as well when he did that but um yeah but i mean i mean look Sadiq bay did hit 10 three-pointers in that game so it wasn't like you know he was obviously very you know red hot that game i mean think about it, if someone hitting 10 three-pointers a few seasons ago we would have been spending half a show on that sort of thing, but it just seems to be sort of par for the course now, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you were pretty impressed with Kyrie's sort of effort last week, wasn't uh, weren't you, Woods? What did you say? Oh, think about man. Un- un- unbelievable, man. Like, um, you know, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding him and his stance on... Um, on, you know, vaccination and whatnot, but he reminded everyone how much of a talent he is, you know, and how much that Brooklyn Nets team could could do with his services, right? He, w- he would have had 70 that night if Coach Nash hadn't said, uh, sat him so early, right? 100%. And on that, Woods, as well, I mean, I don't like to sort of get too political yeah. and all the stuff going on. It's not a good look, is it, at the moment, that he's not able to play these home games, yet he's able to walk around in the stadium without the requirement to even wear a mask. Look, I'm not saying I agree with what Kyrie's stance has been over the time, but I just don't think that seems right. I think we have mentioned on a previous show that, you know, road teams can come in and unvaccinated players can play against the Nets, yet someone like Kyrie can't play for them, yet he can go and watch a game in the state in the same stadium without a mask. It just 
it just doesn't seem right to me. But yeah. it'd be interesting to see whether anything does change with that. It almost seems like they're trying to make a bit of an example of him sort of there and not trying to change that rule. Um, so maybe the, the Brooklyn mayor doesn't want him to, to maybe have a, a chance at winning a title this year. But yeah, just thought I'd sort of mention that. But that wasn't an amazing game, wasn't yeah. it? He just, he can't be stopped when he's that red hot, basically. So yeah. he's got the complete package. So. No, yeah, and I don't know where I got that from. I just checked. Samuel Delamain have had a 50-point game. No, nah, so, he might have got uh, 50, 50 blocks over a few Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know where I got that from. My nah, bad, yeah. All good. We'll excuse that one. So, all right. And I just thought maybe the last thing we talk about, Woods, a bit of a, a homer topic, but we're not going to be doing Hawks talk this week. But just wanted to sort of see, I guess, what your thoughts were on these John Collins injuries. Um, is this the final nail in the coffin for our season? Or can guys step up and give us a shot at the East playoffs? I mean, we saw guys like Bogey, who's been really good the last few weeks, was amazing against the Knicks today. Hunter and, and Red Velvet stepped up as well. But I think without having that constant sort of, you know, 2010 guy that John Collins can be, I'm not saying he has been that this year, but yeah, what are your sort of thoughts on that? Is this, you know, the final sort of nail in the yeah. coffin for our season? I think so. I feel we're done. I mean, it looks like we'll play Charlotte, and then if we win that, we'll have to play, you know, the loser out of Toronto and Brooklyn or something like that, maybe It'll Cleveland. We'll be a road team every, every sort of one of those as well, won't we? Like... Not, not going to be easy. But having said that, I, I feel we were done before John Collins' injury anyway. Um, it's really sad. You know, you saw that photo of his finger being posted, didn't you, on uh, the yeah. jump the other day, like um, by Gaze and Kirkland. It didn't look great, you know. And for someone who's just gone through a finger injury, I feel, feel his pain. Um, but... I mean, you've mentioned it on previous uh, previous programs as well. You know, there's a bit of a luck factor for us progressing so deep last season uh, into into the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. Um, but this year, when that Eastern Conference is just so strong, we've been found out a little bit, and we just haven't been consistent throughout the year. So, yeah. I think um, you know our results are uh, in, in the indication of the way we've played. Right. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. the East is as strong as I can remember it for quite for a while. For sure, man. I mean, yeah. you look at teams like the Knicks and the Hawks, who were, you know, yeah. really sort of up there last year. That you know, they're, they're what are they coming tenth and twelfth between them or whatever it is at the moment. So, yeah, obviously, there's been a lot of sort of change there. I think we know and everyone knows that the Hawks did overachieve last year. So there's yeah. no way we were expecting them to come in and make those Eastern Conference Finals again. But yeah, probably to be sitting in tenth place and just to be battling to get to to fifty percent for the whole season. I think we're back, maybe back up to fifty percent today. We've got Detroit tomorrow, so we might be able to sort of build on that. But yeah, I think I agree. Woods, it's the season probably was over already. Um, like you said, any of those sort of playing games would be you know at Charlotte. You know, they're all going to be sort of on the road. We're not going to be sort of getting many of those home games there. So. Yeah, it might be one of those things that we need to sort of make a few decisions in the off-season, see what we're going to do with guys like Clint Capella, Gallows out of contract, and sort of try and work out what we're going to do. Because I don't think a lot of the young guys have come through, have they? We talked about, you know, Sharif Cooper um, and, and Jalen at the start of the season, and they just haven't really had a chance. And again, with having that deep roster, that's almost been to their detriment there, but... I don't know, maybe they haven't showed enough to, to sort of to warrant getting those extra minutes, maybe. Yeah, well, one thing I will say is, though, you know, that 36 games uh, we've won, Charlotte 37, Brooklyn 38, Toronto 40, Cleveland 41. It's not out of the realms of possibility. We go on a little run here and maybe improve that uh, um, seeding a little bit so we can yep. get some home court advantage in a, in a play-in situation, you know? So, and I think yeah. we did speak about it as well. They've got a, a reasonable sort of schedule for the yeah, remainder of the season. For sure. So that could help. But, yeah, we'll, we'll sort of wait and see. It's hard to sort of think too far ahead with the Hawks at the moment. Like I said, it just seems to be a battle every week to try and stay at 50% and build on that. But Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like we said, though, I don't think Trey can be doing any more than he's no. doing, to be honest. He's just having an amazing season. So. I agree, yeah. 
All right, no, I agree and appreciate those those comments there, Woods. So, yeah, we're really looking forward for these next few weeks ahead for the, the NBA and to sort of obviously get into the playoffs uh, next month. So, all right, Woods, are you ready for a bit of NBL talk? Oh, definitely. Things are heating up, man. They are, yeah. So round 16's in the books. Um, I guess straight into it. What were your thoughts on that round and what stood out to you? Well, definitely the Illawarra Hawks, you know. I mean, and everyone in the media and even us on this show and talking with the sport blokes as well on, on a previous program. We've been very critical of them this year. Agreed? Yep, yep. They had two amazing wins over, you know, Southeast Melbourne uh, and then the Jack Jump as well. Two other teams that are actually in playoff con- contention. And the big knock on them was they, they weren't getting it done against some of the better teams throughout the course of the season so far, right? They were getting it done against the lesser teams. But um, it looks like SEM, first of all, have a big battle now to make the top four. My Kings are looking really good, which which is great. Yep. But I just wanted to point out a couple of guys that have really stepped up. Duop Reith and Antonius Cleveland, who's becoming one of my favorite players uh, in the league, right? Um, so Cleveland, across these two games, Robbie, he averaged 19 points, six boards, three assists, and 2.5 steals while shooting 60% from the floor, right? And Diop Reith, I think he was like 19 and, 11, and, and 12 or something. So basically 20 and 10 across these two games. So... They got some real production out of these guys, which is which has helped that that team look look look. They look like a different team when these guys are producing, right? Alongside, I think, um, yeah. I think Liam sort of mentioned it as well on on NBL overtime. I think you know yep. perhaps Joop Reese's boards numbers have been a little bit down this year. I think he said last yeah night, definitely yeah. when Joop's been over ten, they've they've won every game this year. So that's obviously sort of the game plan there, just to let him sort of crash those boards and everything. You're right about Cleveland Woods, but I'm not going to sort of move on to the next topic without asking your thoughts on Scott Roth versus, versus Antonio Cleveland. Oh, damn. Well, Cleveland was just showing a bit of passion, do you know what I mean, at the end of the game there. And I know that, like, Scott Roth has 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 also shown passion himself. I don't mind it, put it that way, right? And Yeah, I mean, I think you know, a few people on other teams might have been annoyed when he was doing that celebrating. So that was the first thing I thought. But okay, he's got to be able to take it as well as giving it. I of think, course. I know Homicide mentioned last night on NBL over time, give him a second plug there, that maybe when they went to shake hands at Cleveland, I don't think we actually saw any footage of that because we kind of saw a little bit of an aftermath there where, you know, obviously Roth was really fired up. I mean, I don't think I want Scott Roth firing up at me. The guy's an absolute... Oh. He's a mountain, isn't he? But it was quite funny when he was like yelling at Brian and Gorgian and pointing at that guy and everything. Gorgian was a little bit like, what? What's going on here sort of thing? So, yeah. It's good for the league, though. I like it. Some storylines like that, right? So, yeah. And we didn't sort of see anything else come out of it. No sort of fines or anything sort of, you know, poor like that. No. No, agreed. I I agree. Woods, a very good week for the Hawks there and and two big wins over sort of opponents, you know, right around where they sort of are on the ladder there. So, nice. Well, next thing I wanted to sort of talk about the NBL Woods. Um, You know, I've mentioned this to you a bit this week. These Adelaide 36ers imports. What, uh, what is going on, honestly? You know, now, for anyone that hasn't seen Adelaide play this year, you're probably lucky, but if you have, you obviously know that their imports are Dusty Hannas and Todd Withers. I'm putting a vote out there. This could be the worst import tandem that have ever played in the NBL. Ever, Woods. Worst ever. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think uh, Sydney would have come up with a couple of... Uh... Poor duos over the years that are worse could, than that, right? Could they have matched this? So against Melbourne on Sunday, these two imports combined for four points, two assists, zero rebounds, and two turnovers. I saw that. I mean, we thought with us, though, he was coming back from COVID, so I think he only played like seven or eight minutes. But and to be fair, I don't actually mind Todd Withers. You know, he, he's, he's okay as a third import if you've got two stars there and you're bringing him off the bench to play a Tony Crocker-type role like he did last year for Adelaide, right? Um, 
So I don't mind him so much. Dusty Hannes has been the real disappointment because he came here with a great reputation, you know, great shooter, um, had a 10-day contract in, in, the, in the NBA before. Um, and, and by all reports, he was going to come here and light up the league. But he's just, I mean, he's shown glimpses. But, I mean, you can't run with a guy like that as your main guy. Do you know what I mean? Um, this basketball's played at both ends of the courts from the last time I checked as well, right? Woods, that, I don't think Dusty Hannes would be able to guard someone in our D-League Thursday night comp, to be honest. He'd get scored on by everyone. And, and you've been speaking to the great man himself, himself, Body Nodge, uh, lately about these Adelaide imports, and he had a few things to say to you, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, it's always good to have a chat with Body. Obviously, friend of the show there. Shout out to the, to the Brad and Body podcast that we're you know, big sort of fans of there. And yeah, yep. I was sort of asking Body, you know, is this the, the worst import, com- import combo that Adelaide's had? And he said, look, he thought that Sloan and Crocker last year were pretty bad, but, you know, this is definitely sort of even worse with these two. And we sort of spoke a little bit um, together. Just, you know, we couldn't work out whether this is a, a budget type thing. You know, are they not sort of getting these high pedigree players? But then obviously there's been rumours this year they've been trying to sign Hobson, Casper Webb, neither of which have ended up sort of coming through there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do next year. I mean, clearly both those imports will be, you know, back on, a, on the first plane back to America. Like you said, Woods, maybe if they did decide to go the three-import path next year, someone like Withers maybe could be yep. the third import. But, yeah, Dusty Hannes, bye-bye to the NBL. Enjoy going to find where you're going to play next. What I don't understand, Robbie, is this. When you're a, a team that's probably struggling to make the playoffs and stuff and you've got those three-import slots open, why not just get three good imports to join your team? Do your scouting good, you know? Um And then you're going to be kind of look at Ken's when they went out and, and they got Scotty Machado, you know, DJ Newbill and, and uh, you know, Cam Oliver. You know, these guys ma- made the top four. No one expected them to make that top four. And they gave your, your Perth Wildcats a good run in that semifinal series that went to three games. Like, and there's nothing to say Adelaide can't, you know, load up with some quality Australian players, which I think they've got a few, and then just look to fill up those extra sort of positions with these imports and, and get three imports and get them to all play their role. So whether that's a scouting that sort of let them down this year with Hannah's and to a lesser extent Withers, I'm not sure. But, yep. yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy to watch. I really feel sorry for our boy CJ, though, Woods. I mean, you know, it's his first time coaching. and He's picked up this team now that... You know, who are you going to go to at the end of the game? You know, Mitch McCarron's quality. You've got some, you know, decent Aussie guys. Obviously, Isaac Humphries is a pretty big loss for them. Yeah. DJ's looked out of sorts this year. Um, we've just got a lot of guys that are just sort of battling on the court there. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So, sorry about that, Adelaide. We don't sort of say a whole lot there, but I think it had to be said this week. It's just pretty sort of crazy what's going on there. So, all right, Woods, let's get into this week. So, we've got a big round 17 coming up. We've got eight games in four days. So, pretty sort of huge there. So, why don't you sort of, um, yeah, read through the games you've got for us this week and we'll give some thoughts. Yeah, and it's nice with us recording the episode on, on a Wednesday night this week that we can go through all the games uh, one by one, starting with tomorrow. Why don't you take us off? New Zealand versus Brisbane at, at, at the Cairns Convention Centre. So, a home game for New Zealand there. I mean, both teams are, are battling a little bit at the moment, aren't they? So, there'll be no crowd at this game. I think Brisbane will be pretty sort of upset about losing that game to Cairns last week. Um, Look, both teams are sort of, you've got the injury bug and everything at the moment. I think potentially Brisbane's got a little bit more to play for. So I'll say the bullets for that that game. Probably not the most exciting start to a round though. Definitely not. And the rare Thursday night doubleheader, right? Mm, Very Um, very rare. Might be the first ever maybe. Yeah, I can't remember the last time we had that. So um, RAC Arena Perth is obviously back home and they'll be playing against... Uh, the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, who who got an absolute hiding against Illawarra, so it's going to be tough for them to go out um, 
and face the Red Army, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking forward to this one. I'll be watching this after our sort of earlier talked about D-grade basketball game. It sort of times well. I'll be able to come home and watch it. Um, interesting in the news in Perth at the moment. They do. Um, there has been sightings of John Brown the third. Yeah, so I heard. I don't know him. He's a he's a big guy. He's not quite like a center type big guy, but he's a six eight kind of real high energy sort of player. There. He's been in Perth. He actually attended the game on Sunday. So. Look, it feels a little bit harsh for Michael Fraser, to be honest, if this is the path they're going down. I'm not quite sure. It seems... I mean, why else would he be in Perthwoods? There's no... He's not going on there for a holiday just to go and catch some NBL games. He's obviously there because he's about to... You know, it's about about to land a role. So I do feel a little bit for Fraser. I, I don't think he's a bad player, I've got to say. I mean, he could go to Adelaide and probably carve it up. Maybe they could get him if Perth gets rid of him. Um, I just don't think it was the right situation bringing him in. We were already pretty stacked in those positions there. So... Anyway, that's probably a long-winded answer there, Woods, to say that I, I think Perth will win, but I, I am looking forward to this game. Should be in, And like we spoke about the Jack Jumpers, they are kind of that Perth 2.0 there as well. Yep. And I think, as you mentioned, we'll have some more news on the Michael Frazier situation next week, right? Yep. So, yep. Okay, the, the third game, which would be a, it's a Friday night game um, at the Cairns Convention Centre again against South East Melbourne. Um, personally, as, as much as Cairns had a good victory against Brisbane, I'm... I think it's going to be tough for them to to beat Southeast Melbourne, even if I they are at home. On that hand, on the other hand, though, I do think that's a little bit of a danger game for Southeast Melbourne. They're clearly not playing sure. good at the moment. It's a you know reasonable sort of road trip to to go to Cairns and play that game, and you wouldn't want to sort of you know treat them lightly. Cairns have you know they blaze away a little bit. They've got some guys that can get hot from the outside. So I'm going to say Southeast Melbourne there, but yeah, definitely a little bit of a danger game. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Robbie. And then. Uh, we move to Saturday where we've got a double header, and we start off double with. Header. There's only one. There's only one game we want to know about. But yeah, give us that first one, Woods, and then we'll talk a little <laughs> bit more about the game of the season. All right, Brisbane versus Tasmania, man, um, at Nissan Arena. Who you got? That's a tough one. I'm going to say Tassie for this one. Look, obviously both teams have got you know a couple of games within a few days there. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm going to say Tassie. I think they've really, you know, especially if they do drop that game to Perth, which we're both expecting, that's a huge game for them there to stay in contention with the top four. So, yeah, Jack Jumpers for me there. Yep, likewise. All right, take us away, man. Game of the season. Look at this. Who look, we at got? Those, and... look at all those, w, those green Ws there, Woods. That's unbelievable. Yep, right? amazing. Um, I mean, look, yeah. for those that don't know, Woody and I were at the last um, game that these two teams played in Sydney. That was maybe the, the game that sort of started off that Kings winning run, potentially, wasn't it, Woods? Um yeah, Perth, Perth and Sydney, by the way, for everyone who yeah, can't see. Perth and Sydney. For those Sydney. that don't know how you know, much Woody and I love our teams there, but really excited about this game. Um, you know, Woods, I did message you a few weeks ago and said, Woods, Perth, Sydney, we've got to get together and watch that game. But unfortunately, you've already got something on, so you've got to stand me up for that. So I understand. I'll understand just this one time. But yeah, really, really excited about this game. You know, Likewise, man. Adams against Cotton, you know, Law against, you know, pretty much that whole sort of front line that the Kings have got there. The Kings team is loaded, I've got to say. They're, they're a really good team. I mean, that's probably the, the best import trio in the league, I'd say, at this stage, you know, given that someone like Ian Clark can come on now. He was starting to look a bit better last week. He's certainly not short of confidence, is he? No, not at all. Not at all. He plays 20 minutes a game and shoots at you know, most players he's got it, but you know, why would you not let him do that? Um, uh, I'm going to say Perth. Not not making it a homer call. I just think Perth might sort of just be a little bit more ready for that game there. I'm not going to make any jokes about Sydney going to the airport. Whoops, I kind of did already. But yeah, I'll say Perth <laughs> in a very, very close game. Well, Sydney got on the road and made a really good victory against South East Melbourne last weekend, man. So, uh, yeah, the frequent flyers are working well in these last two weeks. 
Yeah, um, Xavier Cooks. That's the other thing, right? Um, yeah, not a hundred percent sure. Or? Yeah, like it, it's give us a bit more info on the NBL website, please. You know what that's I mean, I'd like to know. Right. Like we said, NBL, if you're listening, which I know some of you are, let Woody and I handle this. Send us some information. You know, a couple of day, you know, games uh, days before the game start, we'll put some sort of list together. So people that you know are playing fantasy, people that are attending games, potentially people that are even you know putting their hard-earned money on a few games, can actually be informed with these players. You know. I wish I knew that Zimmerman wasn't playing for Cairns last week, Woods. I might have actually had a, a better run in my fantasy comp rather than having him on there for, for two games which he didn't play. But, yeah, yeah. interesting there. So, so Sydney, obviously, for Europe. Yeah, Sydney for me. Um, Xavier Cooks is the big thing, though. You know, if he's not playing, it's going to be tough, right? And you are going to be watching um, live, Woods. I know you're out and you've got a few things on, but you're going to be able to actually see it live. I'll be out, I'll be out somewhere, man, in a pub, so hopefully I can find a TV that's televising it. So, well, if yeah. Perth win, I'll definitely give you a call or a message after that game. And if um, Sydney win, then you won't hear a word from me. So that's probably where we start. <laughs> but you will hear one from me, man. All right, moving on. Adelaide versus Southeast Melbourne. We've got um, on, on Sunday, we've got a triple header on Sunday. Yep. And, and that one's in Adelaide. Who you got? Look, I mean, clearly Adelaide behind Dusty Hannas and, and Todd Withers will be... Yeah, no, that, no, they're not going to win at all. Um, let's see if they do any better than last week. Um, be interesting to see sort of the, the two big guys in the middle with um, Kai Soto there, who was 0 of 9 from the floor in his last game. Did make up yeah. for it, you know, on the defensive end and on the boards. But to see him against big Joe Chi will be a good matchup there. Um, I think South East will probably win this pretty easily, perhaps maybe double figures. Yeah, I mean, for for the for my Kings, I'd need either Adelaide or Cairns to take care of Southeast Melbourne in one of these games, right? It'll it'll help my Kings a little bit more. So I'll be supporting both both Cairns and Adelaide, despite me tipping Southeast Melbourne in both those fixtures. Um, okay, let's move on to Melbourne versus Illawarra. That's going to be a really good game, yeah, you know, with Illawarra in good form second, and second best game of the round, isn't it? That one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Left field and say Illawarra is going to take that momentum in and, and win that game. And there's, there's some injury worries surrounding Melbourne as well, right? That's true. Yeah. Injuries. And I think, you know, Agata was in COVID protocols last week as well. So, yep. um, and, and look, the Hawks are looking sort of pretty healthy at the moment, aren't they? I mean, I think that sort of, you know, if, if Reith can play like he did in that double last week, I'd, I'll be leaning towards the Hawks too. So, yeah, I'll join you on that one, Woods. I'll, I'll say an upset for that one and, and the Hawks to, to, to get that win in Melbourne. Yep. Um, and then the last game of the round is New Zealand yeah, versus Cairns. talk about this game? No, nah, not really. It's in Cairns, actually, so it'll be played in front of nobody, I think, would you presume? Or so would they allow a crowd in? got New Zealand first, so it's obviously a New Zealand home game, but being played in Cairns. New Zealand home game, yeah. So they're playing yeah. in Cairns, that doesn't seem quite fair. But So you reckon no crowd as well there? Was... I think they, they might might let a crowd in, because they did in Tasmania, I'm pretty sure, when New Zealand were playing Tasmania, right? Did they? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I may not watch this game. I may take that last game off and watch a bit of bit of AFL or something that night. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, toss a coin, New Zealand. Okay, I'll go Cairns. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Woods. It's definitely a big round coming up. Um, like we said, eight games in four days there, and it's continued to sort of shape the ladder a little bit there. So, Woods, I can hear you rustling away with something down there. We all know what that is. It's time for Classic Packs. What do you got this week, man? We've got the 94-95 Flare Ultra. We've been a bit up and down with these packs. You know, we've got a couple of good ones, a couple of really ordinary ones, man, when we've got John Crotty and, you know, whoever these else on there. These are those fancy kind of looking ones, aren't they? They always yep. you know, cost a little bit more than the other cards back in the yeah, day. I wanted so to stick together. Looking well. forward to this. I'm not going to get my brother trying to steal my thunder this week, so it's all, all up to me, right? Look at Oh, it has not started very good. <laughs> okay, so this guy is... 6'11", centre... 
from the box. I do remember his name. Um, he was at Charlotte and Washington for a while. He was undrafted. Um, white guy. Marty Conlon. Yep, I do remember him. I think we might have even chatted with um with our mates from the sport blokes the other week about Big Marty as well. So, yeah, wow. He's wearing Blue Edwards' old jersey as well. Take that off. Jeez. Looks like a bit of an Andrew Canyon type guy. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew. Okay, I really like this guy from the Seattle Supersonics. Um, he played with Camp and um, Schrempf, all those guys. Um, he was a six foot six. God forward. Vincent Askew. Vincent Askew. Oh, well done. Did well with that one, didn't yeah. he? He was good. I like him. He played with um, what Miami and Golden State, I think. Yeah. I remember yeah. Well. And he had that random number 17, which I always remember too, because you don't see a lot of people wearing that besides Chris Mullins. So, you talk yeah. about that that year. Was Schrempf on the team by that time? I think he might have been, and along with Peyton and, yeah, and Kemp. Right. And... Hey, Wood, show us the back of one of those cars. You know, I always like to see, see the back of them. Got, okay, I better show you the previous photo. one. Show yeah. us what Vincent's rocking there. Jeez, they are fancy cards, aren't they? Yeah, so they look like great. Three photos on the back. Wow, no wonder they were charging more for these cards back in the day. Okay, Washington Bullets forward. I actually don't even remember this guy. Six foot eight, went to Wake Forest. Pretty big guy, stocky. Liddell Eccles? Anthony Tucker. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think I would have got that. You could have given me a few clues, I wouldn't have got that. Yeah, do you remember it? I remember the name. I couldn't have told you even what color his skin was if you'd asked me that before that. This is the guy's card we've probably pulled the most. We've pulled it in different variety, different packs at Sacramento and the Bulls. He's Canadian. Oh. Um, um, has he got a beard in that photo? Yes. It was a big Bill. <laughs> Bill Weddington. I think we might have even pulled that same card in a Fleer Ultra pack we had earlier. Woods. Have we? familiar, that picture. Yeah, he's going for a little sort of, what's that shot, maybe above the free throw line or something. It was probably going in. He didn't have too bad a little shot there, but shout out to, to Bill. Oh, this is this 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 pack is. I think we really got spoiled last week with the, with that pack. All right, um, this guy's a Los Angeles Lakers guard. Um, I remember ninety three, ninety four. You're talking about George Lynch, maybe Doug Christie, um, Anthony Peeler, maybe on that team. Who else would have been on the? I'm 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 having a Tony blank. Tony Smith, maybe? Tony Smith, Ooh. bro. Yeah. I'm happy with Smith and Askew. They were good guys. Yeah, that's like slightly after, you know, the whole magic era and then they were struggling to... Transition sort of period. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, okay, I remember these because I used to have an Akeem Olajuwon um, power in the key um, in special insert card back in the day, which was worth a bit. I think this one might actually be worth a bit. We're going to have to check the Beckett. But, uh, I mean, this guy is someone that really pissed off Jordan, you know, when uh, he he came back and... He was playing for Orlando after leaving the Bulls, and oh, they put nice. him on they put him on his shoulders. And when they won that Grant. series, you know, um, Horace Grant power in the key. That is a cool looking card. I remember these inserts were worth a lot, man. Um, so I'll have to check how much that one is is worth now on, on Beckett or something. Um, okay, um, mate, this is <laughs> all right. Denver Nuggets forward number twenty one. Okay. Um, would have played with Dikemi Mutombo, Robert Pack, uh, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Um, it's not Bryant. Six foot nine. Uh, nah, he averaged four point one points a game. He went to Georgia Tech. Tom Hammonds. Oh, yeah, I remember Tom Hammonds. Yep. He's yep. um, 
he had a cup of coffee with the Hawks, or he was—he did something with the Hawks. I do remember that. Yeah, Tom. In fact, I'm going to check something on that Woods. Tom Hammonds didn't he have a career after basketball, possibly? Um, yes, a drag racer. I knew that with my motorsport. Right. I love a motorsport. Yeah, he went on to be a drag racer, which for someone at his size would have been pretty interesting, fitting in some car and obviously weighing a bit there. But yeah, Tom Hammonds, very interesting there. So. Yeah, basically there would. So he's open. So he was involved in drag racing. He's now got his own car dealership in South Carolina. Um, and he owns a team in the pro stock part of NASCAR drag racing. Well, we spoke about Brad Doherty last week who made the transition to motorsport. Sure, those two would know each other well. Definitely. You know what else I'm seeing there, Woods? Career high of 31 playing for the Bullets against the Knicks. So no slouch to get 31 in the game, I guess. Yeah, definitely not. Um, okay, so the next one is a... A guy whose jersey I wore not so long ago on the show, maybe a few weeks ago. Um, great point guard coming out of Duke. Um, had, had a short-lived career Bobby. in the NBA. Who am I speaking of? Bobby Hurley. Nice. The great man. Bobby Hurley. Very nice. Got some good hair going on there. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Yeah, we did sort of speak about him. He's someone that we both both like. And obviously, his career was cut short. You're not wrong about this Packwoods. Who's our best player? Horace Grant or something? Power in the key. Speaking of which... Wow. We got the Horace Grant insert. Now we got the Horace Grant original card. Wow. Yeah. Very so we got both the power and the key and the original Horace Grant in this pack. So. Rocking yeah. 54. Wow. What a brutal pack. Is there any more? Is that it? You... No, there's two more. Next one is DJ. Uh, DJ. No, come on, DJ. Who's the DJ? Oh, big Ronnie Cycli. Ronnie Cycli. <laughs> nice. You, you like how I said DJ Mbenga, though, right? Yeah, DJ Mbenga. Yeah. Interesting card, that one, isn't it? We've got some yeah. of the, the camera pointing. He down. wasn't around in 94, 95, bro. No. You know? yeah. Okay, we know this guy. Big, bruising center from the Orlando Magic. Um, veteran, you know, um, seven foot one. Um, Stanley Roberts, Terry Cambridge. No, 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 he played in the in the Magic team, and he was towards the end of the bench that had Shaq and Penny and everything, and he was coming towards the end of his career then so he was you know almost 40 years old man um and yeah quite quite big had a pretty good nba career but he was coming to the end of it at this time veteran coming to the end of it i'm blanking on that one yeah what number number 30 oh big tree tree rollins former atlanta hawks champion yes yep. sorry tree for getting you there but yeah i remember with the number my goodness hey woods can you Recap the players in this in this pack because I just want to make sure I wasn't dreaming there. Well, there's one more to come, right? Yeah. All right. So Golden State. Golden State Warriors left-hander. We speak about him a lot. I think we might have actually pulled this card in a previous pack as well. Chris uh, Bond, right? No, no. Uh, he was a Lithu Lithuanian, I think, oh, for many. Yeah. Suranus Marshallonis. Yeah. Nice. He's wearing the Sonics jersey. Wow, what an unbelievably bad pack. All right, so, so he's Vincent Askew's teammate. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we got Suranus. We got Brian Conlon, Tom Hammonds, Tree Rollins, <laughs> Ronnie Cycli, Bill Wennington, a couple of Horace Grant's cards, Tony Smith, Vincent Askew, and Anthony Tucker. Wow. That's, that, that is the worst. So last week was the best pack we've ever pulled. This week's the worst pack. So at least we're sort of giving everyone a bit of everything. At least I got to pull out some Tony Smith and some Vincent Askew there, Woods. But that was a bizarre pack. The, the card gods were like, you know, trying to even it up after last week, man. That's they what I think. They certainly were. Not fun as always, Woods. 
All right. Well, I guess that sort of brings us towards the end of the show now, Woods. Now, I believe you wanted to give a correction from last week's episode. What you got there, bro? Yeah, I'm really sorry, guys. When um, Robbie got up and was showing off his LA Clippers Jamal Crawford jersey, which I actually bought for him at Staples Center, I accidentally said Lakers jersey. But yeah, it was just an innocent mistake, guys. I apologize. Yeah, Woods, I think you're being very hard on yourself. And I don't know if many people would have noticed that, but I, I applaud your honesty there and sort of owning up to, to sort of doing that. So good work. I think I, as I was standing up, I didn't even hear it last week. So all good. All right. Well, yeah, just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in. As I mentioned at the start of the show, please make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, when you're doing that, please feel free to give us a rating and obviously, you know, make sure you're subscribing to our shows there. Um, if you want to know where you can follow us, so on Twitter, we're at throwbackshoops. Um, Instagram, we're throwback.hoops. And our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, Woods, why don't you take us away with your, your TikTok and Patreon details? Yep. So TikTok, Woody underscore V83. Please follow me there. Jump on there and check the YouTube link, which is attached to my TikTok account. And you can see all the episodes on YouTube of Throwback Hoops. Um, and then Patreon. I keep mentioning it. If, if you guys um, are kind enough to jump on there and pledge your support to us, we'd really appreciate it. We really appreciate it, guys. Just a, a few bucks a week allow us to sort of keep doing what we're doing. You know, there's quite a few costs that are associated with sort of doing a weekly show like this. Is obviously you've got to pay podcast fees, you've got to pay subscriptions to Adobe for for my editing that I do every week, which I sometimes do a little bit badly, but I'm trying my best with that woods in in Lala's absence there. But no, we would really appreciate that. And Robbie, just quickly, just to let the view, uh, viewers and, and, and the listeners know, when you jump onto Patreon, you can search for Throwback Hoops and our logo and our page will come up there and you can just quickly pledge your support if you don't know how to get to Throwback Hoops uh, Patreon. What an easy way to, to get a nice t-shirt or a mug or something, Woods, if I do that. You know, we, we've shown their mugs. There we go. Cheers. Um, and obviously, we've got some really nice Throwback Hoops t-shirts, which have got quite a few comments, actually, when I've been wearing them out, which has, has been a good thing. So, yeah. All right, so Woods, last week we did tease next week's episode, or the, the episode in two weeks. Should we give a little bit more info on that? So last week I think I left it with everyone that we've got a former captain of the Sydney Kings. Do you want me to yep. give some more clues? For sure, or? man, for sure. All right, so I'll give the name this week. So look, it's someone that we really admire. Um, we mentioned sort of the Brad and Body podcast at the start of the show. So our special guest next week is none other than the former Sydney King captain, Brad Rosen. So... So excited to get Brad very on excited. We've yeah, we've been in, in pretty good contact with Brad, you know, since we started doing the show. He's given us some good tips and everything, and really looking forward for him to get on there. So it's going to be a pretty NBL heavy podcast next Definitely. week. Definitely, we're going to sort yep. of be taking, you know, um, get Brad to sort of take us through his time, you know, with the Kings in the nineties and everything there. But yeah, really looking forward to that, and yeah, definitely recommend everyone to to tune in and listen to that one next week. All right, well. On that, just wanted to thank everyone again for tuning in. Can't wait to do it all again next week. Uh, peace out from the Throwback Hoops crew. Much love, everyone.